Last month I got a text from my dad that really surprised me. He was asking for money and I was surprised because here was a small business owner, a landowner, a man with multiple degrees asking his dropout and frequently unemployed son for help. Now I don't see this from a place of pride or the sense of Schadenfreude. Because the source of my surprise is that a man, and this is an important point, he's a man, who had done everything he was supposed to do. He'd gone to school, he'd got a job, he'd gone back to school twice, he'd taught students, he'd set up a business. He was put in this position. There's generally a consensus among a certain kind of people, and we know who those people are, that financial precariousness is a personal failure. You should have saved more. You should have gone back to school so that you earn more. You should have invested more. Never mind that economies hate it when people save because they're not consuming. They're not generating enough economic activity. Never mind that getting advanced degrees can make it harder for you to earn more. Never mind that investing suddenly becomes this cautionary tale of greed and gullibility when investors have their money stolen by Ponzi schemes or poorly regulated institutions. He was a man who had done everything right. He'd also done everything wrong. Um, My mom and dad were never married. She wanted to have me. He apparently didn't. So she raised me on a secretary's salary while he was working, studying and building a separate life for himself. They didn't really speak until I was 16 and she told me how to contact him. And so over the next few years and with some prodding, he paid for most of my college education. He took me in when my mom couldn't afford to live in the city anymore. And our relationship oscillated between awkward and hostile. Uh, In his mind, providing materially was where he seemed to feel his responsibilities largely ended. I left as soon as I got my first job as a journalist at 21 because if I could take care of myself, there was no reason at all to endure under his roof. It wasn't lost in him that I left as soon as I was able to. Um, But still, he surprisingly paid um, my first rent, even though I'd saved enough to take care of that. And we kept in touch. While drifting in and out of each other's lives over the next decade, the hostility more or less ebbed away. We'd see each other once every couple of years, maintaining the sort of formal friendliness you'd have with your colleagues at work or your landlord. But the distance remained. This past February, at my lowest low, the very small group of people I spoke to who generously offered their help and allowed me to be vulnerable did not include him. How could I tell him of my failures, depressed with no income, when a decade earlier he came to the hospital I'd been admitted to after harming myself and basically said that he'd have nothing to do with me if I didn't get better and stay in school. Since then, I'd learned to only tell him good news, uh, a new job, a promotion, a bigger flat. In April, when 
I was back on my feet. We spoke again. He sent me some cash out of the blue, which I'd definitely have needed two months earlier when I couldn't even make my rent. But I didn't tell him at the time, so he didn't know. Uh, Business wasn't great, but he told me he was taking things one day at a time. And then in July, the text came. The man who did everything right and everything wrong was made possible by the support of Mel, Owen, Kimani, Maura and Jamie. Thank you so, so much.